right, welcome to the 2021 Gopher Soccer Season Preview Show. I'm Matt Pravratsky with Equal Time Soccer here with Anna Landis from the Minnesota Daily. Uh, Anna, it has been a long time since we thought, saw the Gophers on the field with the, the COVID delays we've had and now for what I'm assuming is the first ever spring season, but it's been so long since we've had, you know, had them on the field. Uh, what do you remember about the last time we saw the Gophers in 2019 and like, how should we try and think of, you know, what should we be thinking of heading into this season? Yeah, well, first off, i um, really excited to be here. And, um, you know, when you reached out and you were you were looking to talk about Gopher soccer, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta think back here, because now it's, um, I mean, 2019, now it's 2021, it has, you know, it feels like a million years ago with everything that's happened. But last season, um, that I covered, they we're sort of in like a rebuild year. They kind of had some struggles. They went three, 11 and four. Um, but they had a lot of young players coming in that looked really exciting. Um, notably like Katie Duong, she was one of the top recruits out of her, um, grade class. Um, and she had just a lot of skill coming in and that playmaking ability as a freshman, it, it the way she saw the field and sort of, moved was something like of a much older player and then she came in with that experience um from the u20 uh national team as well so that was really valuable and then Mm -hmm. as the season went on i think you know they were able to work in some other young players like delaney strucker and sadie harper into the lineup um so just as like a you know someone who was covering the team it always felt like they had a lot of potential they had a lot of girls that were you know, they were kind of right there. And it was like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, you move around the pieces a little bit, you kind of change the structure and you were just waiting for them to click and get that offense going because on paper they had a lot of talent, but, you know, unfortunately with so many young players, they were sort of in this rebuild season where, you know, maybe the players weren't really used to the speed of college ball or they weren't really gelling right um but i always you know i had the sense that once they work this out they will be really solid um and like even you know to that point i can remember towards the end of the season you know they weren't really picking up wins they had um some ties there here and there but you know i was still doing like okay if they win this game and then um you know i don't remember who exactly it was but it was like okay if they were still, draws and you know they could get into the tournament but they were still it was like right up until the end even I mean there was actually a lot of teams packed in there so like every game felt like it could be the turning point yeah I feel like it was something like like four five six and seven were like all right in there with points or like they, they were like there was some like three-way tie or something like that so it was always like it was like they could get there and then um you know, they, they didn't. Um, but at the end of that season, after that loss, um, to Illinois, just talking to them on the phone and just sort of interviewing players, I had, you know, I had a sense that they sort of knew that they were in a rebuild season, but they were ready to like go back to the drawing board and come back better. And I was sort of anticipating seeing that, that growth, um, after, you know, um, some spring games, um, some summer training, and then it was all sort of derailed with, um, the situation that we now find ourselves in. Um, but 
you know, I'm really glad that they're able to be back. I know um, soccer and volleyball are two teams that have had a really weird time in getting their schedule back and getting back to playing. So I, they've, I mean, they've had one of the longest um, breaks of all the teams, I think. And so now um, for them to get back is really exciting. And I know um, from, I cover men's hockey currently, they, um, you know, they had a long break too, and they were in sort of the situation where like this summer, they couldn't really do anything except work out. And that's all they did. And then they came back and they were really eager to play. They had all this like bottled up anticipation and then you know men's hockey they came out and they went 10-0 and right. undefeated for a really long time and they had a really good start so hopefully um well, now we know now we know the standard to hold the gophers yeah, now maybe, we know. yeah maybe not the standard but i would say you know I, those players they i mean they've got to be real excited to get back to playing I yeah think. for sure well and i I just think, Anna, like you mentioned, the layover has been so crazy. And I think even for experienced folks like head coach Steph Galan, this is definitely a once in a career, first in a career type situation. And so let's let's add head coach Steph Galan to the stream now. Steph, thanks so much for being here. Obviously, this has been a really insane process for you of going to going from spring season last year shut down but not knowing when you'd come back and then kind of anticipation of maybe a fall season then it shut down again and obviously here we are in the winter in minnesota ready to start a soccer season uh so what's i mean what's been the hardest part of this incredible delay between you know your last game and your game coming up on sunday yeah, well, first, thank you both for being here and for having us on. Um, you know, we're we're super excited to get back after everything. And, you know, I, I would say that the hardest part was just that as soon as, you know, as soon as 2019 ended, we wanted to take that next step forward. You know, we wanted to be able to kind of punt that one uh, to the to the wind and, you know, um, and, and really start moving forward. And so the fact that it kept getting delayed um, was the hardest part because, you know, you're you're trying to you're trying to train, you're trying to stay focused, you're trying to do it in a way that's appropriate to keep your your student athletes healthy and keep them motivated and driven. And that anticipated date keeps getting punted to where, you know, everything is in flux all the time. And so you don't have a you don't have a target to aim for right. Right. You know, and so it's just about, you know, um, can you be a little bit better every day and know that, you know, if it keeps getting delayed, well, if you're continuing to improve every day, if it gets delayed, well, you should be better by that time than you would have been if the date had been uh, had been moved up. So, you know, certainly we've seen, um, you know, we've seen a lot of a lot of challenges along the way. You know, COVID has affected everybody um, differently, uh, you know, and, and so we've, we've been, uh, you know, we've, we've dealt with that, but, you know, um, I'm excited to get out there on, on Sunday and see where we're at. Right. And just with like having such a long stretch where you're not really able to compare yourself to other teams, but you know, you're doing that sort of internal work. Is there anyone specific athlete who you feel has made like the most progress or really taken advantage of this time? Maybe like whether recovering from an injury and sort of returning to status or just, you know, kind of building those skills up uh, in this sort of off period. 
Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think there's, there's several that, that come to mind, uh, you know, Delaney, uh, who I know is going to, is, you know, set to, to be on in a, in a little while here. Right. Or is she, no, she wasn't able to make it because she had class. Right. Right. Um, but she's, you know, she's certainly uh, a player who I think has really gotten comfortable in who she is and not trying to like play the role like somebody else would. Um, you know, she's really, really playing to her strengths really, really well and stepping up, um, you know, and really leading uh, back there. Like her and Athena are such a balanced pair. Like they, they each bring strengths to the table that are different from one another. And that really provides a solid, you know, backbone for the, for the program. Um, you know, uh, I'd say, you know, with, uh, with Katie and, um, and Bowman, in the in the midfield those two put in extra work every single day you know and it shows in the way that that they play and the way that they're able to to execute at the level and in the engine that they have to go for long stretches right now when a lot of people you know can't go quite as as long as as they can go um you know kenna it's nice to have her back on the on the field um you know because she was ready to get back and you know so covid extended her absence from the um from the field even longer. She has the trump card on everyone. She's yeah. like, oh yeah, you guys waited 15 months. I've been waiting like two and a half years. Yeah, you know, and she's uh her confidence, particularly the last two weeks, has really started to to grow. Um, you know, Kenzie, uh, you know, Kenzie's really coming into her own in the role that we're we're asking her to play. Uh, Patricia, same deal, you know, like she's, she's looking uh, at a, at a new role for her and she's really, really excelling. So I think one of the things that it's really done, um, cause we've talked about it a lot is selflessness, like is even more important now that team first mentality is even more important now because at any time, you know, somebody could be a contact of somebody else or, you know, somebody test positive um, that you didn't expect to, uh, to, to be in that position and somebody's going to have to step in and fulfill that role. So, you know, your willingness to come outside of yourself and get out of the mindset of, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm a nine and that's where I play and mm-hmm. being willing to, you know, to step into a different role as, uh, as necessary is huge. And we've had a lot of players demonstrate a willingness to, to do that. And you, you can't just drop a nugget like a, a new role for Patricia Ward and not expect to follow up. What are we what are we looking for from Patricia other than being a, a, a dangerous winger up top? What do, what are we looking at here? Uh, you're just going to see her from a deeper position. I'll just okay. say that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to give everything away. We don't need you right. know all the Huskers fans. We have a lot of Nebraska followers, obviously. We don't need them reading in. Well, and... And coach, let's turn from sort of who's been who's been taking things positively. I do have to throw a little bit of uh, salt in a theoretical wound for you because the rankings did come out this week of the predictions of where the Gophers would fall. And I don't think this is a shock in a general sense because the Gophers have kind of always been ranked a little bit lower than where they end up. The Gophers have sort of always outperformed expectations. Um, but in particular, in the Big Ten rankings, you know, it was predicted that the Gophers would be 13th, which is out of 14 teams. And then Woso Independent had you 10th sort of, but in that cluster of what I would consider sort of the middle-class chunk of everyone within that same band. But first of all, how do you, you know, as a coach of the team, how do you even deal with predictions like that? You know, how do you tell players to deal with predictions like that? We and haven't also, talked about it and stuff, to be honest with you. And why, why would we expect anything different based on, you know, where we, where we finished last year? Think about back in 2016, you know, when we win the regular season, we win the tournament, you know, um, and then 
you know, next season we're preseason ranked fifth. I mean, it's like, what you you expect us to you know to finish where we did and then be up in the in the mix? I think it takes all the pressure off of us and puts a lot of pressure on everybody else. So you know if they want to like I'd like them to pick us 14th every year. Um, you know I think I think my my job becomes a little bit safer at that point. So um, you know let's let's go. <laughs> right, and then just looking ahead um, to Nebraska. Um, and your upcoming game on Sunday, you tied them 1-1 last year. Um, obviously, it's been quite a long time since that game. So just, um, you know, just for fans who may not have remembered from last season or just, you know, internally, what um, have you guys been talking about, about how uh, the Huskers play and sort of their style and maybe specifics about what you're preparing for or things you've um, been talking about like in film yeah to, to be honest with you like this game everybody's going in blind um you know it's one of those things where it's been so long that you know it's not worth talking about because it's going to be different than what you what you think it is and so you know it's been more so focused on us like all the film that we've been doing is breaking down our training film and stuff and trying to really really tweak what what are we trying to do um as you know as a team and you know what are the tweaks that we can make to put ourselves in the best position, regardless of what we see, um, you know, and we'll adjust as as we go. And then the following weekend, we'll have hopefully gotten to see uh, film on uh, on Michigan and Michigan State before we go into it. But for for the first one, I mean, I think we like there's there's a general sense of what you're going to get out of a Nebraska team. The the shape may change, but some of the tendencies, um, you know, are pretty similar. And you know, I, I expect it to be two teams that are just like flying and trying to find themselves a little bit because it's been so long for uh for both teams and you know they um they they had a down season as well and in, in terms of their their standards and so i think it's two teams that are like that have been waiting for the moment to kind of put that behind them um and and it'll be it'll be a uh hopefully a fun fast-paced game and, and you mentioned some of that preparation that the team has been doing on, you know, how do we maximize our own game? How do we prepare ourselves? And, you know, even your coaching staff has been through some changes where, you know, more recently Tara Hobbs came on, uh, you know, former gopher who I'm sure at least some of our followers are familiar watching, you know, her four years as a starter. She replaces Allie Lipscher when Allie moves to NWSL in Kansas City, which is great. Um, and now what feels like, you know, forever ago, Maya Hayes comes on to replace Molly Rouse, who left to go lead Dixie State in their transition to Division One. Um, so what's that transition been like on the staff side? Obviously, Maya's been with you for a long time now, but not through a the season process and especially Maya bringing experience as, you know, a really high level striker where maybe that exact experience wasn't on the staff um, beforehand. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, like from, uh, I'll speak to, to Tara first. Uh, I mean, just being a product of the, of the program is, is fantastic. You know, she played for me all four years, so she knows what we're about. And, you know, uh, I think that she has stepped in and, you know, she holds the, the goalkeeping core to a high standard and, you know, um, they're like, every goalkeeper coach has like their own little nuances of uh, how they, how they want to do things. So our goalkeepers are, you know, having to adjust a little bit within that, but they're doing a, a really nice job and it's, it's a competitive group. And, you know, Tara again has fit right in and, you know, she, she contributes uh, at a high level 
um, to the to the staff as a whole. And then Maya, you know, we we joke all the time um, because it's like if uh, if I'm running something and you know stop something and make a point, like it's she's that's exactly what I would have said, um, you know. And same thing, like a lot of times when she steps in, to I'm like good. I don't have to say it now. Um, you know, so it's, uh, you know, and, and both are just like, you know, I think Tara obviously wants the program to be really, really successful and wants to be a, a big part of that. We had a lot of success when, when she was here, like built it to, uh, to a really good place, um, you know, her, se- her senior year. And then, you know, Maya, um, you know, I, I think, I think she's a rising star in the coaching profession, you know, and she always has a smile on her face. Um, always excited to to be there, very, very passionate. And, you know, there's a lot of banter um, within the, the staff as a whole, which is a lot of fun. You know, we have L. Rob, um, who has transitioned to a, an undergraduate student assistant. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I think it's I think it's a great staff that gels really nicely together. I think it's a there's a, a good rapport um, amongst the entire group. Well, thanks so much, uh, Gophers head coach Steph Galan, the first guest in the show. Uh, We are looking forward to seeing you play on Sunday. Thanks so much for all your insights. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Anna. All right, next up, we have a pair of defenders who have been waiting patiently in our broadcast lobby, Athena Kuhn and Alana Dressley coming in now. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here, and I'll let Anna kick things off. Yeah, so first of all, great to have you guys. I know um, semester is kind of in full swing here, but I'm just curious, um, you know, we're all sort of in this weird online school uh, situation here with COVID and everything. So I'm just curious, um, on top of having like a fall semester where you don't have like your regular game schedule sort of occurring in the time slot it normally would um how have online classes sort of changed your routine as an athlete I know um you know it can be a positive where you know you're able to just sort of turn on class uh you know right from bed and it sort of takes away uh that preparation but I think over time uh, you know a lot of us college students it sort of just erodes your sort of daily routine of like going places and doing things so just like balancing that with with training and maybe being a little more isolated than usual, um, just has that been sort of a hard adjustment or like what has that been like? Want me to start, Meg? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, well, on the positive side of it, I think I've had more time to nap, which has been nice, just like in between things. Um, <laughs> I think school sometimes in-person classes does give us as players like a break from soccer which is, I think, like the piece that we've been missing. But I think just changing location and trying to find different places to study has been a plus. And then, I don't know, I just, I feel like the only other thing I struggle with is that I'm on electronics so much more. Right. I'm on my computer all day. And I find more time just to even be like watching TV or on my phone because I'm just home all the time. So I think that's my only other complaint. But, you know, along with everything else in COVID, I think everyone's on the same page with things. So everyone's kind of struggling with the same concepts but what do you got Mick? Pretty similar um it's definitely hard just sitting in your room and just looking at your computer for hours like all day um but it is nice not having to watch class mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really miss that too much especially in the cold um I just feel like we have more time like it doesn't feel so rushed all the time like after practice like 
a time to come home, like all you have to do is just log on. Like, it's not like I got to get ready to go to walk to class and stuff. So I would say that's been a nice part of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then just in terms of like that time thing, um, you guys have been practicing in like the football facilities a little more. Um, and so I'm curious, I know last year um, you guys were kind of, obviously right now it's winter time, so not really the season for it, but you guys sort of had your little pack of mopeds. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, are you guys not taking them out as much because maybe you're not going over to St. Paul as much or, you know, you're not um, going to in-person classes, but um, it kind of strikes me as something a little COVID safe that you guys uh, could do. But I just, I remember that sort of stood out to me from last year was, uh, your yeah. Gang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah your gang, the moped gang. Um, I mean, I had a pretty close to fatal crash on my moped in the middle of winter, so I haven't been trying to take it out since then. But I don't know. It's it's tough because Minnesota weather is also just like so bipolar that you could drive it somewhere, and honestly, it's pretty miserable driving in the cold anyway. But you could drive it somewhere, and then it starts snowing, and then that's pretty dangerous. So risk of injury is high, I'd say, in the winter. I don't think a lot of people take them out, but. <laughs> you're staying safe too mickey you're not you're not risking it uh yeah i honestly don't really like the moped <laughs> i got rid of mine <laughs> wow it's very surprising it always it was like a staple of student athlete we, I did have a, oh go ahead sorry well the, one, well the one time i tried to follow you guys to a game and live stream it <laughs> I couldn't even keep up. You guys were driving so nuts. I was like, I felt like such a wuss. I was scared the entire time, and you guys were just crushing it on 36. You were like, there's cars going like 50 miles an hour, and you guys are just going, honking your horns the whole way. And I'm like, I'm going to die. This is like really scary. Yeah. We had um, uh, uh, Izzy Brown, who just joined us. She sent a picture to everyone because the other day she was practicing driving it, and she apparently crashed it into a bike rack in their oh. basement. So. I, we need, yeah, we need to think about like an athletic department policy on these. This sounds like a, like a big well, and Athena, this has been a bizarre year for everyone, but you're stepping into a role as a captain. You know, you've mm-hmm. you've um, you've been playing since your freshman year, but each each year, I think your role has has changed a little bit and grown. Mm-hmm. What's it been like trying to be, you know, even grow in that leadership type role mm-hmm. at a time when? some of the stuff is digital and, you know, training is different. Meetings are different. I mean, everything has a different feel and you've had this big layoff. So what's it been Mm -hmm. like trying to sort of be a leader during this time? Um, Well, I think one nice thing about this team in general is that I don't really have to change much about what I'm doing to be a leader. I think the girls are really like willing to do whatever it takes to have a good season. So Mm -hmm. everyone's really open to feedback and different things like that. And I, I really feel like, leading for me is just relationships like on the field and trying to like make things even a little bit more fun sometimes. So it, the, the team isn't really, it's not really like demanding me to change anything really to mm-hmm. step into this role. The girls make it easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. Oh, okay. And then um, Alana, you came in last year and you sort of really solidified yourself as sort of a mainstay on the back line. Um, And then now in this sort of extended time off, how have you been sort of working to try and like grow and build on that? And like just individually, whether training in the off season or now that you guys have back as a team, what have you sort of been focused on um, to sort of 
elevate maybe where you were last year? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was different going from my freshman year to sophomore year. Um, but I definitely had to solidify my like defending part. And now I feel like it's more focusing on like how much our outside backs can get into the attack now. So I feel like that's been a big focus, but it's been really nice. Um, it's been hard having all this time, not having games, but working together and like building relationships on the field and understanding how like our forwards want the balls and everything. Like I think we've all have really built like a really good relationship with each other. And I think that's really going to show. And and you have like a real left side, strong side vibe. Are you like really left side's the best place to play your like rivalry on that right side? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely not a right-footed <laughs> person over there. <laughs> and um, Athena, obviously we've said so many times the Gophers haven't played a game since 2019, but I also yeah. think there's generally been a challenge and even getting like a full-sided scrimmage just because mm -hmm. of where you're training or who's available or any of those things. So, you know, how do you as a team or how have you as players been trying to sort of simulate that game environment mm -hmm. when you have not just no games going on, but also the added stress of like, how do we actually make the feel of the game if we can't even play 11 side and all that kind of right. stuff? Um, I think, I mean, something that the staff's been doing is they try to make the drills pretty game realistic. So obviously we have a pretty small roster and with people out with injuries and stuff, we've been trying to work around that, but just breaking it up into like sections of the field. So we work on maybe defensive line and then we're able to make the width sideways on the field so that we're actually like seeing what the full width looks like. And then looking at midfield shapes and then we just do the midfield for a section. So even though we're not doing necessarily all the lines together all the time, I think uh, just knowing generally what your role is defensively and offensively I'm not super worried about going into game day. I, I felt pretty prepared. Mm -hmm. Right. And then just this last question is just kind of a fun one um, for both of you. Because um, in this sort of weird period where you guys weren't playing, but then some college athletics were going, um, there was a soccer player from Vanderbilt, Sarah Fuller, um, just for anyone who doesn't know, she was um, on the soccer team at Vanderbilt. I believe she was a goalie and Vanderbilt was really struggling um, with their kickers on their football team and they pulled her in and had her play a few games um, and so I know just from talking to coach that there was a little conversation about that but there were some like technicality requirements of like the player that go for football would have needed um, <laughs> just like in like a hypothetical I'm curious like who if you had to like nominate someone to like go be a kicker um who you would pick and also like why because um like what uh skills would maybe like transfer well that's a good question Lena do you have one off the top of your head well we did do a little fun activity I'd say <laughs> of us all practicing to kick them um I was quite impressed with some people but I would probably say Delaney or McKenna or Plashko. I remember Plashko hit it pretty far. Um, I was going to say Maddie Nielsen just because of her will. Like, I think if she's so competitive that she would be, if they told her she got the opportunity, she'd be in late nights working at <laughs> uh, Gopher football. So it's personal picks. 
it's it's brutal mentally. I went from being a soccer player to kicking even in like really low level D3 and it's like incredibly stressful. So I I'm glad you picked some some hard-minded, some some tough-minded <laughs> players. Well, thanks so much to Alana and Athena, go for defenders. Uh we will look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Oh, how all right. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have uh, Katie Duong and Sophia Bowman, midfielders for Gopher Soccer. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. And, and I'll let Anna kick it off. All right. Um, just give me one second here, guys. Okay. So, Katie, um, you know, you had like a really exciting, um, <clears throat> excuse me, spring with the USU 20 team um, winning. CONCAF, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, sorry. Um, but you know, you won that championship. Um, but then like almost immediately after that, like society basically kind of shut down a little bit and it was sort of I imagine it was a little anticlimactic or sort of jarring. So just what was that experience like? Um just, you know, to catch some people up, just what that experience was like, uh just playing on that on that level. It was a super cool experience. Um, obviously, I missed being at Minnesota for a lot of the spring, but I feel like I learned a ton from being able to play with all of those players and the coaches. Um, and it was honestly just an awesome experience. I haven't really traveled abroad a ton, so that was also really cool. Um, but kind of touching on what you were talking about, it was super weird because we were over there for qualifying and then I came home for spring break and then basically they said that we were going to come back a week later and then just never came back. Yeah, that was very weird to be on spring break when that happened. And then I just have just sort of like go on indefinitely. I mean, it was like, I remember those first couple of weeks were very weird because us as sports reporters, we were like, okay, what happens now? And I remember at the time um, the softball team was like in Hawaii and they, you know, everything was shut down and they were, you know, halfway across the world, like on a little dot in the ocean. And it was very, it was weird that that whole spring break situation. I for sure agree with that. For sure. Yeah. Nice. Well, Sophia, you've been impressing the coaching staff and training and you've had, I think, what we could consider the longest freshman preseason in the history of soccer. Um, but what's your mentality been like transitioning to the college game, you know, in terms of, you're obviously in spring, you know, the schedule might be kind of weird because that's been delayed, but then you're getting yourself psyched for that fall start. And then, you know, you have to wait again. So kind of a roller coaster of getting prepped and now trying to, you know, transition your game to a new squad. Um, I was obviously like nervous before coming in, but also really excited to get here. But I think the main thing is like, I never really experienced a normal season. So like, Obviously, it's weird, but it's not that weird since I never had, like, a season in the fall for playing in college soccer. To you, so this like, is just what college soccer is like. There's, <laughs> all, there's always a nine-month preseason, and then you, you play games in the winter. Yep. That's about all I know of it. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess this question, I guess, could go to either of you, but um, just – how have you guys tried to um, sort of build that on-field chemistry with, um, you know, some of you guys coming in, younger players, um, and sort of meshing with uh, the veteran players over such, you know, a long period of time where 
it's sort of very insular and you're all just like there together. Um, and then additionally, I guess, how has that worked in like, you know, you maybe you're building these really strong bonds, but then you, you know, you don't have those games to go out and then sort of like benchmark, you know, how well you guys are sort of uh, meshing. Yeah, I think there's been kind of like a lot of pros and cons to this whole time period, because kind of like you were talking about, we haven't gotten to solidify those connections within games. But I think this extra training time has given us extra time to like kind of work on solidifying some of those relationships within training. And I think something that has been helping me a lot recently is we've been able to play a little bit more in practice. So like our coaches will clip film and stuff and being able to like go back and watch that. And like, especially with the attacking group, like seeing how the midfield moves or like the forward movement that we want. I think that has been really helpful and hopefully will translate to the game on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with that. And also going off Katie, like we've been able to like do like, um, like eight V eight or nine V nine on like Thursdays and Sundays for the past couple of weeks. And we like ramped up the minutes. So just being able to like get on the field for like a good chunk of time and play with everyone has been really helpful. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's a really good point about practice time too, because for folks, you know, when I started covering the Gophers, there was a lot of Friday, Sunday game pairings where that turnaround is really brutal for that Sunday game because you only have one recovery day. So now it's shifted more to Thursday, Sunday pairings. So you have more recovery between games, which makes sense. But it also then means you almost never have real full intensity practices because you also need to recover before Thursday. And so it is it is actually interesting that you've had so many, you know, times to actually do full practice, even if you're not practicing every day like it's in season. It That is one benefit to being in sort of a quote unquote off season is there's no games to recover for, if that makes sense. So that is different. And you... Uh, Obviously, we can't have you on the show, both of you on the show, without talking about your shared Instagram account, which if people are not following it yet, I just need to get a sense for, you know, what's what's the goal with this account? Are we are we thinking you both want to be like Instagram influencers? Like, is that the ceiling? Or are we thinking Food Network show? Like, where where's the path? Because fans need to get ready for like where we're following you on this thing. I, this one. Yeah, I mean, I really think that we're going for being chopped contestants. I don't know if you know the show Chopped, but yeah, it's on. Yeah, so I feel like that's the dream. Do you do, when you're actually cooking? Is there is there intensity and timing, and does does like Katie give you only certain ingredients? Like, are you putting elements like that into your cooking already? Um. I mean, we did play Chopped one time between us and some of our other team picked some weird ingredients. And I mean, we kind of tied basically, but we're going to have a rematch soon. So, yeah. That's okay. I mean, I think I did already ask Katie once when I saw this Instagram account, I asked Katie, I said, if I tried to actually produce a cooking show with you two over something like Streamlight, like, like we're using now, would you be game? And I think you both have said yes. So maybe we will actually see that that cooking video. That people maybe make. um maybe our next chopped um competition. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
And then, and then I guess teammates will have to battle out on who gets to commentate on your, on your cooking quality. So you guys can choose who the favorites are to give insights on that. <laughs> we had a Megan Ava judge last time. So those are the tiny two go-tos right now. All right. Well, and then <clears throat> I think since you guys uh, were sort of sitting in the stream lobby while we were talking to some of your teammates, um, might've had a little bit of time to think about this one. Um, but with, the Sarah Fuller thing that happened um, earlier this fall, I guess it was this fall where she um, was a soccer player at Vanderbilt and she went in and kicked for her football team. Um, just in like a fun hypothetical, if you had to pick a teammate, um, you could pick yourself as well. If you had to pick a teammate um, to go in and kick um, for gopher football, uh, who would you pick and, and maybe why? Well, I heard both of the answers. I would have to agree with Athena and probably go with Maddie Nielsen. And I would say yes, because she is very competitive, kind of like Athena was talking about. But I also feel like she has quite a bit of power, so I feel like she'd be pretty good at that. Yeah, I'd have to echo what Katie said. Maddie Nielsen, for sure. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of uh, translatable skills being, you know, being a goaltender and being a kicker on a football team um, just with that, just with the distance of everything. Anna, I'm glad you reminded them they can pick themselves. I want someone to bet on themselves here. Yeah, like, I mean, come on, have some confidence. Like, you know, it'd be kind of like a very unique once in a lifetime opportunity. I know Sarah Fuller, like, she's got jerseys in various like halls of fame now and and whatnot just because you know college football they don't really do that normally so well we'll get pj fleck on the line we'll let we'll oh, yeah. at the end i'll i'll shoot him a text he and i are pretty close uh-huh. so, well thanks so much sophia and katie uh, midfielders for go for soccer we look forward to seeing you on sunday thanks guys thank you, thank you. all right next up we have attackers Kenzie Langdock and Kenna Beisman. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. All right, we will kick it to Anna. All right, so just firstly, um, McKenna, it's been, you know, a very long time since the team as a whole has been on the field playing games, but it's been quite even longer since you have been on the field, um, just dealing with that ACL tear, um, and being, you know, medically redshirted. Um, and coach has said, you sort of embrace that sort of like stay at home captain role where you're sort of, you know, working and, you know, training and giving advice to players, you know, from the sidelines or, you know, helping out with, um, players who weren't on the traveling uh, list, but just like, how have you, I mean, that, you know, even before COVID, that was still a very long time to sort of come back from an injury. And like, how have you just sort of kept positive mindset this whole time, especially now, um, you know, when you're coming back and the the start date just kind of keeps getting pushed back and it was kind of up in the air for a while. Um, so just was, was keeping, you know, positive sort of difficult at times or, or what has that been like, just that recovery? Yeah, it was certainly difficult at times, but I think whenever you're in a situation like that, you just have to find the opportunities to look at the positive side. So 
you had mentioned that I was staying back with the girls that weren't traveling. I think that was a unique opportunity within itself to build those relationships and also grow my leadership skills. And then with being off the field and kind of getting a new perspective from watching that, I was able to grow tactically as well. So that just helped grow my knowledge of the game. And then I think personally, just going through kind of the hardship and adversity that comes with an injury where you might take a few steps forward and then a few steps back. Um, I think it just grew my mental toughness a lot. And I think that translates on the field as well, whether it's kind of grinding through mistakes and still being willing to get on the ball. I think overall, I've just gotten a lot more mentally tough and grown my confidence as well. Mm-hmm. And Ken's, you've been, you know, you've been a mainstay in the rotation since you were a freshman, you know, at the very least coming off the bench and playing minutes basically every game, but you've also sort of grown that role each year. And now obviously coming in as a captain, what's your, you know, how has your approach to the game changed from when you're sort of a highly touted Miss Minnesota soccer freshman, oh, I'm I'm ready to ramp in and, and play off the bench to now. You're sort of like old, old hat, but seeing every version of the team from championship to, you know, down year. How has your personal approach changed over that time? Um, I think freshman year, I like every time I was like getting put in, I was just like stressed out of my mind. And I think I kind of like played like that too, in a way, like, kind of similar to what Kenna was saying, I've like grown a lot in like my confidence and that comes with like experience and like getting a lot of reps in practice and like doing actual work on the things that'll make me more confident. And going into the game, like now I like know what I bring to the table. Like I know what my strengths are as a player. Like I know what I can do to help us. And I think just like keeping that in mind, like keeping in mind, like how I can impact the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not letting the little mistakes like get to me, kind of like Ken was saying earlier too. But yeah, they used well, to like shut me down freshman year. <laughs> right. Well, and you say like even knowing like knowing your own strengths and how to take advantage of those. I've always thought of you as a really kind of savvy technical player who sort of knows how to use spacing to find pockets of space in the box and sort of get on the end of of passes and make sure you can help finish or drop that pass or sort of be that pivot point, which is which is part of your role as that kind of central striker but word is you've also been just absolutely busting your butt and I like physically and getting in like even improving your physicality and your fitness and all that kind of stuff what's the you know what have you seen in terms of what you're able to pull off um after maybe even double and tripling down on on growing that part of your game in terms of what you maybe used to see yourself doing and now what you maybe can attempt and pull off I mean I think I think Kenna will say the same thing. I think a lot of us came back this fall like fitter than we have like ever been, which was really helpful. And I think it allows me to like play in the width better than I could before, like in terms of actually driving out players and like being an option to find the ball in behind, like that speed and like the physicality and just like the overall fitness, I think is going to allow me to like play more minutes if we need, like we were talking about earlier, we don't have a huge roster this year. So we're going to have to like pick up extra minutes. And I think putting that work in on the physicality piece was like going to allow us to do that. Right. And then um, McKenna there, you know, there are so many players, um, you know, coming in who can sort of fit into that front six rotation. There's, um, you know, a lot of combinations of players you guys could um, create there. And just how um, do you balance like that need for like chemistry um, with like, um sometimes like competition amongst yourselves to sort of 
solidify like your role in that because like you know you you want to get along with your teammates and communicate well but also individually as a player I imagine you sort of want to present you know your best and most competitive self Mm -hmm. yeah I think a lot of that comes from the relationships that we have on the team I think we all know just based on the trust that we have with each other that everyone's working hard for the betterment of the team and that the competition is healthy because it's only making everyone else better. We always talk about when, like as an attacking group, when we're going against the defenders, like we need them to be doing as well as they can because that's making us better. And that's the same within the attacking group. Just always pushing each other is going to continue to raise the level of our team. Mm -hmm. Kenz, how do you balance that as, as a captain now in terms of, you know, when you see someone who needs sort of uh, needs to be pushed or, you know, if a player's having a hard time, like thinking they should have a bigger role, but they just maybe aren't there yet. And when, you know, it is an element of it is internal competition. How do you balance that as sort of a team leader? I think we've grown a lot as a team in terms of like how close we are because of like, because we've been practicing for so long, like our relationships with it, with each other are like a lot stronger. So I think we can have those conversations like, just like little things like, Hey, we need you today. Like we need, we need a little bit more like little things like that. I think it's how we like reach each other. And like, there's some people you can be more direct with and there's some people that like need a little bit different tone or different like style of like coaching, pushing. I don't know how to say Mm -hmm. but like, yeah, I think just the time that we've spent training with each other and the time we spend with each other off the field has helped with that and that being received well. Okay. And then just lastly, as um, just sort of a fun last question, I know you guys have been sitting in the lobby. So I think you guys have seen that um, Maddie Nielsen is currently in the lead for uh, the hypothetical of who you would send, which teammate you would send in uh, to kick for go for football. But I'm curious if you guys have any, any hot takes. Um, We haven't had anyone nominate themselves yet either. Don't be humble. Like just come, you know, Come in hot. Let's see. Who would you pick? I'll go first because, Kenna, I would absolutely choose you. <laughs> Kenna crushed it when we did it in practice, so I put my money on Kenna. And Kenna, you have that little that competitive bit too. Where I know if if you got the opportunity, you'd be you'd be in Beerman too. <laughs> Working really nights. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Ken. Um, I think Soph was too humble to nominate herself, but I would give her some pretty good odds in there too. She's got a rocket of a shot, so I think it could translate over pretty well. What? Yeah, I mean, and then, I mean, when, oh, go ahead, man. Sorry. I was gonna when you when you all did this in practice. How did you even do your steps? Like, how did you even approach kicking it? Had any of you ever done it before? Like, did you just kick a soccer ball, or did you actually drag a football out of the out of the room next door? Well, there's just footballs laying around right. everywhere. In there. But I think we've like, I think most of us had like kicked one at one point before in our lives. We were actually wearing our Halloween costumes because it was like our fun thing to do for Halloween. So I don't know how like accurate of a representation it was. I think we could have done better than we we performed that day. Yeah, yeah. That, that was sort of my question, Matt. Um, I was curious like how you guys did it. And then also like, like what yard distance you were going with were you going like 30 35 going all the way back to 40 or like what what distance were you guys sort of working with and like um maybe who was like kicking the furthest 
if you remember. Um, well, we had split up into two teams and started probably a 20 yard line or so. And then once everyone would go, we moved back like five or 10 yards. I think by the end, we were maybe like 40, 45 yards out or so. So that's pretty good. This, I mean, I mean, for other people, don't spend as much time standing on top of the ELR stands, but usually one of the mainstays at a gopher soccer game is Chris Hawthorne, former gopher football kicker who now works at the U like professionally. And he, I mean, normally you'd have someone standing right there ready to judge it. So we have, I mean, we have the capability of getting some, some judges in there. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's next season. <laughs> Once we're out at ELR again, or if we're, or if we're playing in TCF somehow, we can make sure we set that up as a, Post game activity. I mean, yeah. none of the coaches kicked, right? No. We got to get. Well, Steph is still in the lobby, so she can hear this. I mean, I I don't want to destroy one of Steph's like hips if she's not warmed up or not. But the we need to get Maya at least should have to get in there. Like if Molly had been here last year, we'd have to make her get in there for sure. So yeah, Maya, Maya I, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, well, Tara for sure would have to. So I'm sure they're listening right now. I'm sure they watch every moment of our coverage. I'm sure they're paying attention. Um, well, thanks so much, Kenna and Ken's uh, two attacking players for the Gophers, and uh, good luck on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, I, th I think that does it. Anna, was there anything in particular that jumped out to you that, that players mentioned, or are we, are, are we game to get some rest before this, this Sunday match? Yeah, I think we're good. I think um, they all like they all had a really good time. I think they're all really kind of excited to get going here. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to add other than that. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on. I had a ton of fun. Um, we are on Twitter, so you know, yeah. if anyone's watching and wants to follow me on Twitter. I would appreciate it, um, but not necessary. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing them getting back and getting ready to play on Sunday. And yeah, for those who maybe follow Equal Time, but haven't fo followed Anna's stuff before, she writes for the Minnesota Daily. We're, we'll make sure we put uh, your handle in, in the tweet. And Anna and I are usually the two folks uh, in the press box this year. There's not exactly a press box because we are in the middle of a global health pandemic, but usually Anna and I are, are braving it out, out at ELR and this year it'll be a little bit different, but uh, that's why it was great to have you on because it's, um, you know, someone else who follows the team well. So thanks for being here, Anna, and thanks so much for everyone for tuning in. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>